Hello, beautiful people. Today is a talk show day. Um, today we are talking about epigenetics, which some people have heard of it. It's definitely a buzzword going on out there. And then there's some people who have no clue what I'm talking about. But epigenetics for me was, uh, Devin's just raising her hand. <laughs> fertility connection and we have three of us today um, because we have some other lovely ladies I'm sure off getting a massage and treating themselves right so uh, Devin why don't you introduce yourself first yes hello I am Devin Baeza the fertility finance coach I help women make save and manifest money for fertility treatment thanks for joining us and Sarah I'm Sarah Clark. I'm the founder of Fab Fertile and host of the Get Pregnant Naturally podcast. And I help couples using the tools of functional lab testing, make diet and lifestyle changes to get pregnant naturally. Thanks for joining us. And I'm Monica Cox from My Mindful Me. And I help women with unexplained infertility and autoimmune issues reconnect their fertility links. Um, today, we are talking about epigenetics, which some people have heard of it. It's definitely a buzzword going on out there. And then there's some people who have no clue what I'm talking about. But epigenetics for me was, uh, Devin's just raising her hand. <laughs> mm. um, epigenetics for me, I read about it maybe late 2014, early, yeah, it must have been late 2014. And that was a game changer for me. I was already on my journey of health and wellness. I already knew the importance of all of it and how I can increase my fertility by doing diet and lifestyle changes. But when I stumbled upon epigenetics, I was like, oh, shit just got real. Like this stuff is important. This stuff matters. Um, you know, just kind of going in and doing nothing to improve your chances and kind of tricking your body into getting pregnant with IUIs or IVFs might have a big effect on your child um, later in life. And so the epigenetics for me is where I was like, okay, I'm going to commit um, to really making a difference to my future children's life. And especially my first son is IVF and I was on immune suppressing drugs with him. So I was on steroids the first three months of his life and I was doing the interlipids and I was on Clexane. And I was super aware that this stuff isn't proven. So I was like, what can I do to help negate all these things that are helping me to get pregnant but might not be healthy for my unborn child? You know, I can recover from these drugs but is it having an effect on, you know, such a delicate time of their life? So that's what epigenetics to me is. And that's what's gotten me here today. That's what's driven me. Um, who wants to jump in on what their thoughts are about epigenetics? Go ahead, Devin. I mean, I still don't know. Like I need the most basic bitch definition you have. <laughs> like if I opened up a dictionary, I was what is epigenetics? Like, what are we talking about? It's, it's basically where diet and lifestyle will either be turned, sorry, disease will either be turned on or off by diet and lifestyle. So okay. a lot of times we think we've got this genetic, you know, our family history of heart disease, diabetes, cancer, MS, you know, my mom, like whatever your mom had or your dad had, and we're like, oh my goodness, my genes suck. I'm going to get this. 
And then, but with diet and lifestyle changes and digging into other issues, that is not your destiny. So there's things you can do to change that. And even though those are your genes, that doesn't mean they're going to be turned on. And really for, you know, infertility, I had Dr. Ben Lynch on the podcast talking about actually infertility being passed on to the next generation. So going through IVF, and this is like super scary. It's like, if you haven't, you know, dealt with the issues you have, is that being then turned, given to your daughter, which, or your son, which is like, scary it's like the handmaid's tale yeah in full <laughs> it's like real life handmaid's tale but i read that the other day at a study with pcos um i hadn't heard that for other causes was he saying it depends on the cause of infertility or he was saying infertility just in general he's just saying yeah some some preliminary studies that he's seen is is and he wasn't even talking this is like the first time he was talking about it publicly that that infertility is being seen in the next generation. Um, and I've got a friend who coaches, um, who helps um, children with autism. And um, she sees a lot of people that come to her that actually the children, these are children of, of IVF. So I, I don't know, like that's just like some, some um, you know, some examples, I guess. But uh, to me though, that's because a lot of times I think with our genes, we feel like it's our destiny and there's nothing we can do. Oh my goodness, my mom has this, I've got it, and we just got to sit back and wait for death. But, uh, you know, there's there's lots of things we can do with diet and lifestyle, which is really super empowering to know, you know, we don't have to turn those genes on. And I, I first heard this with, I don't know, it was like um, Terry Walls with, because she has the, the Walls pol uh, protocol with MS and she was able to um, reverse her MS. It was a functional doc years ago, kind of in like 2014, 15, where I first heard about it and um, talking about, yeah, this, 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 maybe it was rheumatoid arthritis that this woman had and she, you know, thought she was destined for it. And some of her other family members actually got it, but she made those, those foundational changes to her diet and lifestyle and was able to not get that, even though her genes would say different. Yeah, I think it's um, a really hard thing to wrap your head around because you're talking about like super scientific stuff, right? This is like, like, like even for me, I'm like, what? Like, say that again. Like, can I write that down? And because we don't see it, right? We don't necessarily feel our genes um, or we don't, we can't grasp that in our head. So we just kind of push it away right? Things that we don't get or things that maybe seem really hard or confusing, we just push away. So we're like, ah, no, we'll, we'll take the chances because it is, it's not like, um, it's not black and white. You know, you can, you have these genes, you can make these diet and lifestyle changes and shit can still happen. You know, so people are like, well, I'll just take, take my chances. And I think, especially when we're dealing with infertility, like all we're focused on is that end goal is having that baby. Right. And I even had a friend, this is so fucked up. I had a friend, this is before I got pregnant. This was new years of 2015. And we um, were talking about, you know, I had my miscarriage and we we're going to go back and do another frozen embryo transfer. And she said, well, it doesn't matter if your baby's sick, at least you have a baby. And mm -hmm. I, just was like I didn't know what to say to her I was like uh no 
Like if I had a sick baby, I would do everything in my power to make that baby's life amazing. But would I want that? Would I, you know, if I have, if I have these choices of, you know, eating a certain way or living a certain way and maybe improving my child's chances of not being sick. Um, no, like that doesn't make sense to me. Because I think conventional medicine just tells us that there's nothing we can do that we're powerless, that we, that that's, you know, they ask what your, your, your gene, like your, your, your maternal and your paternal history. And you're like, okay, I'm, that's what I'm going to get. But there's things we can do to change that. And I think with infertility, like, again, like look, looking, not getting stuck on the diagnosis and looking for the root cause and like, why, why is it there to begin with? And what, maybe the fact that you had a history of your mom had thyroid issues and we see this all the time with just dis dysregulated thyroid. Is there a thyroid issue going on? So, those little pieces that have have been missed, um, that we are just like on the diagnosis, and then we go to the clinic. So I think it's be able to look at this whole thing completely differently. And to me, you know, the book I love on this, and I keep it right here on my on my shelf, is Dirty Genes by Dr. Ben Lynch, and it really it's just like simple diet and lifestyle changes, and he's talking about seven common genes and what you can do to really talk about scrubbing the genes and clean them, clean them out. And really it's the foundational stuff of the people already know, like we know we need to eat, we shouldn't eat processed foods. We shouldn't be going to the, you know, eating junk food, but so it's eating organic foods. And obviously if there's a food sensitivity, you got to dig in that for yourself, getting your sleep, your exercise, dealing with your stress, you know, minimizing your environmental toxins, like those kind of things. Think we all kind of know about that um but if you have a certain snips of these genes then you could you know predispose you to not being able to detoxify or not being able to um it just being predisposed to certain to certain things i know for me like when i have for instance when i have caffeine i feel like around the bend on caffeine like i feel like i could just so plenty i'm playing in the world like it really impacts me and other people are like, I have caffeine and I feel totally fine. So there's a snip with, with the, with, you know, talks about your ability to, to process caffeine. So that's just like a small instance, but we're all, let's say we're all different. You can go down that whole, go to 23andMe or um, 23andMe and get your, your, um, your, your DNA test. And then you can run a report through uh, Dr. Ben Lynch and he'll do, do, it's like a whole customized, so you can do a diet and lifestyle just, just for your, for your genes. That's that what I wanted needs. to ask because that 23andMe is on sale right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was trying yeah. to decide which one to do because like, I'm pretty sure I'm just every kind of white, but maybe there's something exotic in there and I really <laughs> want to know about it. And then I was like, maybe I should do the health one. And I didn't know if it was legit or not. So I'm really happy to hear you say that. Yeah, I, I, I did the 23andMe a couple years ago. Apparently I've got some Viking in there and obviously in British because my dad's British, but um, yeah, it was cool. And it, it talked about actually, you know, if you have a widow's peak, peak on your hair, like the, the, the predisp the, what, what is your, the likelihood you'd have that, the, the color of your eyes, your hair color, all these, there's a whole di um, list of like physical characteristics of kind of what you would look like. And then also your, your health, your health that they talk about if you would be, like have the BRCA gene for breast cancer or um, yeah. So some like kind of cool stuff in there. So you got the, the genetics piece cause there's the, the ancestry one when I gave that to my mom because she wanted to know, you know, all her, her ancestry. I did it for, I did 23andMe for health. Actually having Dr. Ben Lynch on the podcast, he talked about for um, the genes now, he actually recommends ancestry more than uh, over 23andMe. 
to, oh. to actually look at yeah, for health. That's what okay. he's saying. Um, before that was opposite, but um, now he's saying that. But yeah, it's because these things are like, we've seen them all in the infomercials for, for this stuff, right? And I, I think last year I, I gave my mother-in-law an ancestry kit and she got another ancestry kit from one of my other, um, from my sister-in-law. So like, it's, you know, it's, this stuff has gone mainstream with trying to figure out our genes because it's freaking cool. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a quick way to figure out what you can and cannot eat or how you need to live, right? You know, sometimes when you're just throwing darts into the air, um, you miss and you give up and you just say, well, it didn't fucking work for me. Did you mm -hmm. do one, Monica? Had you done that? No, I haven't. That? I don't want to find out I'm adopted. <laughs> Those are the crazy stories. Right? Like, that's all yeah. I see on the internet is like, oh, yeah, I did this kid. Guess I'm not related to my parents. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, no, you know what? I, um, I just did all the long, dirty work, right? Like, I had four years of trying to figure all this shit out before the kits got cool or there was, you know, e you know, relevant testing. I mean, maybe it was around, but I wasn't conscious of it because it, I was so focused on infertility. Um, and I just kind of know what I can and cannot eat now, like down to like certain spices. And, you know, so it's just, wow. um, a, yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm like Polish and I must be a little bit Italian. I got dark skin. I don't know. But uh, I'm, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, not something that necessarily interests me that much. Um, I would be interested if, um, I think Dr. Ben Lynch is coming out with one of yes, his own is. tests. Um, yeah. Where the snippets. Worked, he was working on it. Yeah, this, this, like it was looking for, it might've already been released. Like when I interviewed him earlier in the year like it was he was looking at a yeah. I thought it was a fall or late Christmas or late um fall release but yeah, yeah. I guess with with that caution because it's you can go down the complete rabbit hole of like just managing the numbers and doing all this stuff with what your genes are telling you and to me before you like if you're a numbers person and you like to see the data that could be helpful but there's really like the foundational steps of you know like you're saying like figuring out the diet looking at the getting honest about your sleep, you're honest about your stress. Um, those foundational pieces are equally as important if you go and into the minutia of your genes. So I think in this case, like we don't go, we go to that last. We don't say everyone comes in and like, Hey everybody, let's do an ancestry kit and let's go into your genes. We go that we go there last. We would just be like, wait, there's things you can do. You're not pre predestined to get your mom's Hashimoto's or just because she had breast cancer doesn't mean you're getting it. So, you know, if you've got excess, you've got estrogen dominance, let's help clear out the pathways. So they're not going down the wrong, the wrong, you know, the wrong pathway with, you know, DNA damage. So there's, and that's what we, we, we see in the Dutch test. So there's things you can do, which I think is empowering. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, I think that it's empowering to know there's something to do, especially in a time where you feel so powerless and out of control, and especially with your body. Um, and then I think there's the flip side of it, that as soon as you have a choice and you have the obvious right choice, then there's the wrong choice. And so then you have the guilt of the wrong choice, where before it was like, well, it's out of my control. It's not my fault. Like, there's right. something to do. And so I think that's like half the battle of acknowledging that it's true that there's, you know, this is 
this has been proven, this, you know, this is in your control, then now you have the, the weight of the responsibility yeah. of a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, once you, like we talk about taking the matrix pill, right? Once you take that pill and know and have that knowledge, it is like, even for me, like I'm not super strict with my kids of what they eat, but when they're eating something shitty, I'm just like, Fuck. Oh, like uh, <laughs> where me 10 years ago would have thought that was healthy. Right. Um, it is really hard to have that responsibility, but um, that's just the, where, where we live, right? Like we have already fucked ourselves up enough with all this processed shit that's come into our lives. And I mean, food alone is just hardcore for us. I mean, we're not even getting into the environmental toxins, the shit we put on our body, like all that stuff. It's, it's so overwhelming. Um, so when you learn about epigenetics and you think, you know, how far do I go? Like, do I just become the fucking hippie and live in the dirt? Um, or, you know, like, where's your balance? And I think that's what you have to do for yourself. Like, there's no point of burying your head in the sand, because if you do, and if you are unfortunate enough to um, your own health starts deteriorating, or if you're dealing with a sick child, like anyone out there who has a child you know, let's even just say ranging from a nut allergy to like severe issues, it's fucking hard, right? Like it's all hard. Like I have a friend that is petrified of leaving her son because he has a nut allergy and she has the iPhone watch and she can't go too far and she's just always constantly worrying about this nut allergy. And that, that's that got to be draining, right? That more draining than checking your own self before you get pregnant and during your pregnancy. I don't know. Yeah, to me, yeah, to me, it's like, if we know this information now, and even if you don't want to do it for yourself, like to think about your children. So for both my kids had, you know, my daughter had tubes in her ears, she had, she had chronic ear infections. So both my kids, so she had tubes in her ears, she had her tonsils out and her adenoids out. My, my son had his adenoids and his tonsils out as well. His tonsils were so like enlarged that, and he had chronic strep throat like the amount of antibiotics that my children took at a young age is outrageous because i was like oh god they've got strep throat antibiotics oh ear infection antibiotics and not and then i changed their diet and lo and behold that stuff went away but there's studies saying with children of ivf that predisposes them to food sensitivities eczema and um allergy like asthma and my son has asthma so um, and I didn't know any of that stuff in the beginning. And, and then, so my children's health, we've just like, we lived in a fucking, like we were always in a, a hospital. We were always trying to be like, like with the, you know, with the medicine, is it going to be the hard way or the easy way? And we'd be like ramming freaking banana shit down their, down their throats. And, um, yeah, it is that's, in my house, like every night at some point it's brushing teeth or the allergy medicine. But what I thought which is the interesting. So here's the thing though, too, talking about guilt and then the guilt you have during infertility about your body. And then it switches into mom guilt. It never actually oh goes God. away. It doesn't um, so my oldest daughter is the one from IVF. And then the baby was the surprise of a lifetime. And the baby is the one who is allergic to cashews, pistachios, nuts, pears, eggs. Okay. So, uh, and has the ear infections all the time and all of this. And she's the one who's like a wild animal. Also, she's what I was talking about earlier, but, uh, ah, yes. she, so my guilt was opposite because I wasn't trying to get pregnant with her. It hadn't worked. It had been years. We gave up ever trying to have another child. 
I was like, I, maybe my own body didn't produce what it was supposed to without the help of IVF drugs, without the hormone supplements. Maybe that's why I felt like I was dying the whole pregnancy. And that's why she, you know, has these issues. Um, I remember, gosh, this is, this is the next level of mom guilt. I had a client who um, literally was wondering because she had the flu when she was pregnant and she read an article saying that you are more likely to have a gay male child if you had temperatures above whatever while you're pregnant. So she thought she caused it. My mom had, I, it was worried about the fact that my brother didn't breastfeed it for long enough and the effects this has had on his whole life. Like, I, that's the part that worries me when it comes to handing people the responsibility of every little thing they do throughout the day is that the, the empowerment then switches into anxiety. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but it's, I think when you go through this journey, you learn to balance, right? You know, you can't control everything. So you just do your best in what you know um, is you know, better for yourself and for your child. So it's not about being perfect. It's not about, you know, any of that, but it, it's, it's knowing, right? Like, I feel like, okay, so I have two sons and my um, husband's family has prostate cancer. His grandfather had it. His father had it. His brother had it. My husband has it. It just hasn't popped up because he's not old enough yet. It's usually an old man's thing, but I'm guaranteed if you went and looked, he would probably have early signs of cancer already. Um, so now I have the responsibility of, you know, guiding my two sons in the best health that I can possibly give them. Like I said, I'm not crazy with their diet, but um, I, I am very conscious that the decisions I'm making now in their youth is um, really important for, you know, when they become an adult and start making all the fucking wrong choices. Because I know, especially my second son, when he's out, he's going to be at Mackie D's all the fucking time. He just has this sweet tooth in him. Um, he's not even had McDonald's. He doesn't even know what it is, but I know that he's going to be that kid. And um, you just, it's just about doing the best you can and not beating yourself up. But then at the same time, like, I feel not giving yourself an excuse of like, oh, it's really hard. It's too hard to do this, you know, because at the end of the day, we live in a very convenient world. And even though shitty, cheap food's convenient, so is nutritionist food, you know, nutritional food. You know, you, you have those choices and yes, the, you know, the clean eating and the, you know, um, mindfulness, you know, meditation, yoga lifestyle is maybe less convenient. But I just did a post on Instagram, like, what's more inconvenient, having to do that shit or driving to a clinic for appointments? Like, how many, like, that's probably where, why I got all my knowledge is because I spent fucking hours and hours and hours driving to a clinic. And all I used to do was listen to podcasts during that time. You know, so why aren't we looking at the inconvenience of being sick and being infertile and not really like making that a big deal, but yet we'll sit and bitch about like, oh, I have to go spend 30 minutes to meal prep, you know, for the week, or I have to, like for me, I can't just go to the store and buy a can of tomato sauce. I have to make my own nomado if I want bolognese or a lasagna or something like that. It's putting that into perspective, you know, 
of like what's going to be more inconvenient in your life. Yeah, to me, it's like, yeah, doing the best, the best you can, like for what, with what, you know, like just, just on that, on that dirty, bad food, uh, last night at one thirty in the morning, we were woken up to a knock on the door and my son had ordered Uber eats and Wimp Wimpy's was delivered, um, to our door with burgers and, uh, onion rings and he's, he's gluten-free. So, and, um, yeah, he's like, oh, I went on there, but I abandoned the cart or something, but it just, he's like, oh my God. Anyways, so one thirty, we got this. My husband's like, that goes right in the garbage because you can't eat any of that because, you know, but yeah, so there he is trying to keep a 15 year old off of gluten and because it, it makes them sick. So yeah, but it's, 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 I think you, once you know better, you do better like that Maya Angelou quote. And if, 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 and I don't think this is a, this is not to convince anybody. Like if you're like, if we're trying to convince you, if you're like, no, nah, I'm just not feeling it. That is fine. So you've got to really do what feels right for you. I'm assuming since you're here listening to this podcast, you're open-minded to, uh, you know, looking at diet, lifestyle, and a functional side of things, but you've really got to, um, go in there and, and do what feels right for you. And like that cheap food is not good and good food is not cheap kind of thing. Um, and yeah, as you say, with like with infertility and you're spending all that time going to, going to appointments and, and the, the drugs and how those impact you. And then, you know, and then we're complaining about meal planning. Um, I don't know. You just got to do it. Like if it doesn't, I just think if, if you don't, if you don't think it's going to work, you are right. It won't work. I think that's what it is. Like, it's not, I don't think people feel that they're making that decision. I don't think they, they believe there's a one-to-one -one correlation if they're not doing it. Like they don't see this meal prep as saving them a doctor's visit in 20 years. Yeah. You know, like if they don't, it just doesn't. And it also is your note, your immediate gratification versus your long-term gain, which I see all the time when I'm dealing with my client's finances, you know, what they immediately want right now versus what their bigger goal is that's going to take a while and do you have you know what it takes the stamina to do it and what it boils down to is that a lot of times we just don't believe we can and mm. I, I I love that Maya Angelou quote but I don't know that it's true because like <laughs> I know oh, really? better okay. I yeah. know better I am not doing better I <laughs> ate cotton candy and yogurt covered raisins last night in my bed <laughs> hiding from my children for dessert I know better. I know better. I just make the wrong decision every day because that one time I gave up, tried to give up sugar, it lasted like four hours. Yeah. And I'm not over here some sort of perfect health person or whatever. I'm eating like chips in bed last night, but they were organic and gluten free, but they're still chips. <laughs> <Does it count>? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're still greasy chips. Um, so yeah, like it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I, I see what you're saying. Like we, we all, I think the foundational piece, we all know what we should do, but why aren't we doing it? And that, that is the friggin' $24,000 question of like, why aren't we doing it? And to dig into that is that we don't really believe we can, we don't have time. We're too busy. What, what will people say if we start eating this way? Are they going to judge us? You know, like all this other shit that comes up. Um, that really has nothing to do with it because it's like food and that sort of and lifestyle stuff that's there's like a lot of societal pressures on this and it may be um right now society you know when you get your infertility diagnosis right now the kind of the mainstream thing to do is to go straight to the, to the clinic whereas with epigenetics we're saying wait let's dig into this further and actually help to look at your health the health of your children your your your, your you know your pregnancy 
there's things we can do, but. I think uh, the weight is the problem. You know, yeah. what it, if this, this weight, let's do this. The weight is where people yes. fall off because there's just such an intense pressure to get it done now the fastest way possible with everything, you know, you have available and to hear anybody say this might take more than a month even though the doctors know that and they're, they're not, you know what I mean? They're still convincing you like next month, it's going to work. This one IUI, this one could be it. Like you keep thinking next month is the month. And if you look back and it's been six months, could you have changed your diet in six months? Could you have start found a, you know, exercise you like in six months changed, you know, your makeup and your lotion in six months? Of course you could have, you know, that time's going to pass anyways. What are you doing it during that time? You know, is, is important, but you just keep hoping that you're not going to need it. Yeah. And, and, and you're right, you're just on the short, you know, game, you're not that long game, you're not, you know, looking at your future, you're not looking at, you know, anything beyond your next time you can test for um, a pregnancy. But um, I like back to your like, um, thing what you said, Sarah, about why you're not doing those changes, if you know better, and you're still not doing those. And it's, you know, I had to dig deep within me about this is like why can't you stop drinking a fucking glass of wine why are you so emotionally attached to a glass of wine when you know that this is having an effect on your overall health and especially for me it was my gut health so even having one glass of wine is going to be you know set my healing progress back and it was like, why don't I love myself? I was like, fuck, man, we gotta go there. Like, no. <laughs> that's like, yeah, I'm not know, good enough. I don't right? deserve this. Yeah, all that stuff. It's just, to me, it's yeah. There's a lot of it is this, like a mindset game, right? Where yeah. like there's the judgment that I'm not worthy. I I don't have. To, I'm putting everyone else first. I'm a people pleaser. Like what? Like whatever shit story that's come come from your family that you've absorbed. That all the stuff that we have, right? The stories we're telling ourselves that to me is more the issue as to why we're not doing it because yeah and it's that self-sabotage right those like we do it to ourselves all the time like oh I deserve this I had a long day or Mm, like I'm rough it's my treat and I like say to people like if it is not um serving your highest purpose of whatever's happening right now so right now during infertility your highest purpose is to get pregnant right And, you know, if you're taking a holistic way of doing that, your highest purpose is to get healthy. So you doing those little things, even if it's, you know, for me, like once a week, having a glass of wine, um, is it going to affect my overall, like getting pregnant? No, it's not. But it's just like, why can't I stop that right now? It's me trying to get pregnant is going to be such a short time. Well, fucking nine years wasn't really short, but for most people, it's going to be a very short time in their lives. And why can't we love ourselves enough to do that on a consistent basis and do those loving things for ourselves? Because for most of us, it's not every once in a while, the self-destruction is happening on a daily basis in some kind of form or whatever. Yeah, the self-sabotage, a little guy on your shoulders t- talking crap to yourself, t- crap to you. And you'd like, before you start them something, two weeks into when you've started something, you're like, oh my goodness, this is so easy. Then, oh my God, it's just a disaster. And then halfway through, you're like, I got this. This is so easy. I am just doing the diet lifestyle. And then something happens and you're like completely off the rails. So it's like to, to know that's completely normal, that it's like this little roller coaster where it kind of tricks you. You're like, I got it. And then, no, it 
you know, you, then you fall off and you get slammed in the face, but it's to, it's to not like, we're all going to slip up and it's not about perfection. It's like each day again, coming back and going, okay, well, I'm doing this. Why? Like, what's my intention? What's my why around this? And like, if starting with a diet doesn't feel right, it's like starting with a mindset and really doing things that like that self-care and boundaries and stuff that really, um, makes you feel good and then can allow you to do some of the other, you know, foundational changes. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting how the overlap in areas too, because when you start doing better in one area, you, you usually start doing better in other areas. Yeah. So it's interesting how, especially what I see with finances, uh, you know, and good decisions with health and working through your family, you know, origin issues and there's all, you know, your marriage issues and all of these things that are tied together. And I think some of it's confidence. When you start seeing yourself succeed at something, you believe in yourself a little bit more. And then it's becoming the person you want to be, you know, and you're not going to make changes until you are sick to death of where you're at. If you can't stand it, not for one more minute of one more day, like there's a whole wheel of change and the reasons we change. And when we actually change is because we want it for ourselves and we can't stand it. Not because somebody else told us, but because it's, you know, it's, it's so, it's so important in who we are becoming and what we want in our lives and infertility is a perfect time to make those changes because everything in your life is an upheaval anyways. Like, let's just be honest right now sucks. This year is probably going to suck. Like it's already a shitty year. You might as well just go all in and, you know, go to the gym when you don't want to and drink the smoothie and see what sticks. Larry, calm down. This year doesn't suck yet. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. I'm going to January. I was like, wait a minute. 2020 is already sucking. Oh, crap. No, no, no. You know what I mean? If you're like, this is you know, like, I've done three IVFs this year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And talk it up to, this is a rough time. You might as well do some things that are going to empower you forever and change your life forever. Now is the time because it's all being brought to light. What needs to change in your life. And do you think if you knew about epigenetics and like we talked about being a mama bear and Devin, you said this um, a few episodes ago about you have that in sync already, right? So if you knew that you had this power to mold your children's health to the best of your ability, why don't we use that instinct to do better for ourselves? You know, if we're not ready to do better for ourselves, why aren't we using let's do better for our children? Because surely every parent should be achieving that, right? Like maybe you wouldn't do something for yourself, but fuck, you would do it for your kid. I think it's because it's intangible um, because the baby is still a hope and a possibility and it's not real yet. My carb craving is very real right now. <laughs> you know, the potential pregnancy in three months is not. Like it, it really, it comes down to the moment. And then I think to acknowledging it. So I think that a lot of times, uh, especially if you've been doing treatments for a while in the beginning, you always imagine yourself pregnant. Like every month I was convinced like, Ooh, my boobs hurt. My pants are tight. I'm pregnant. I pee a lot. You know, no, like every month, month after month. And then eventually you start protecting yourself and you just won't let yourself mentally go there. Yeah. I didn't even want people talking about me being a mother because I'm like, you don't know that that's going to happen and it hurts to hear it. And I might never be a mother. F you, you don't know. And so I, I just couldn't even mentally go there. And so preparing for my future children as if they were a reality, I'm not sure I would have been able to do that. Yeah. It's funny because that's where I switched. So when I started to use the word, when I get pregnant, instead of if I get pregnant, that's 
like, and this was all subconscious. Like I didn't have anyone really, uh, maybe I did, but it wasn't, I wasn't doing it going, woohoo, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what's going to get me pregnant. But I started to change and unblock myself. I put the guards down because I had like you built them up so fucking high. And not that I think, you know, I think there is a power in that, but it wasn't the be all and end all, right? I had to change my diet. For me, I had to change my diet to get pregnant. But being able to say those things and putting the walls down just started to give me the confidence and started to love myself more and then was able to like break those bad habits, you know, of the carb eating, the, you know, the, well, the wine never really fucking went away, but <laughs> at times it did. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, it's setting yourself up and doing those little, little steps. And I think one of the biggest things for most of us is breaking down those walls again and allowing ourselves to love, love ourselves and love our bodies and, you know, start subconsciously convincing ourselves that we can do this because if you're telling your subconscious that you can't do it, it's going to fucking find ways not to do it. Yeah. And that, that pay, that patience piece where you're just like, everything's, and this is my pattern my whole life. Like everything's pushing and going, I'm in a freaking hurry. And, and with, you know, obviously with pregnancy each month, each month. Um, and so it's being able to like, we call it a journey and this, there's a mi- beginning, middle and end, and maybe you're stuck in the messy middle and, and to, to know there's, to know there's things you can do, but if you don't feel strong enough right now to do some of the things that we're talking about with epigenetics and maybe it's, it's just like wait a minute I'm just going to dig into like self-care or like recognize the fact that I'm talking absolute shit to myself you know whatever 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 thing is going on in your head and and reach out for support because you know when I was going through this it was like some random little freaking forum in the middle of nowhere that I was I was on and basically it was you know there was there was no hope now you know, the hope thing can be, that's a whole other slippery slope, but, but um, like there's, it's, you don't need to go through this alone. And there's just to see where, where you are. And if you've just been diagnosed, maybe you're ready to make some of these top, these changes with, from, from epigenetics. But if you've gone through multiple, multiple failed IVFs and month after month after month, and like, like you're saying, can't even visualize it happening and don't even talk to me. And I feel so I'm guarding my heart. Cause if, if I let it open, I'm going to freaking crumble it a million pieces and we're gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna go dairy free and gluten free. No, fuck you. So it would be like that point where like we need to really like sit in this a little bit and and potentially is it therapy or coaching at that at that stage? Well, and it sounds like from what you you guys have been saying about it, um, that there it's multifaceted. There's different areas, like you said, there's that seven, seven, right, that um Dr. Lynch talks about. And I'm wondering if maybe just if being informed is your first step and then maybe picking one that feels the most attainable, because I know we do this with finances. I call it competing priorities where people are like, I got to save for retirement and I got to save for vacation and I'm saving for a baby. And it's like, you can't do all that because if you see no progress in any area, you'll, you will quit all of it. So you have pick the one thing, put everything you have into that because those small wins is what builds momentum. So I maybe like you can't commit to all of the changes, but maybe pick one that seems doable and go all in and then, you know, reevaluate. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's what we do on the course is, you know, I give you a option, some options, and it's just like, just pick a few. <laughs> like, they're, find what is best for you because, you know, I think sometimes we get coached in that we have to do it all or, you know, we have to sit on a pillow and meditate for 20 minutes and that's the only way you're going to get there. And the thing is, you have to find what works for you and just commit as much as you can and do it over and over and over again until it's a habit and then add something else in, and then add something else in. And it's, you know, a little by little, a little becomes a lot. And all of a sudden, you know, I look back at me and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, yeah, no wonder it took you fucking four years to do all this stuff. And now I'm like, why don't you just do it? And it's like, no, like, calm down. Like, we all get there in our own time. But it is, you know, for me, I would like, you get to that desperation stage, don't you? Like, think of all the fucking crazy shit we did in the name of getting pregnant. And now all we're talking about is, you know, eating clean and, you know, taking steps back from like this crazy ass society that makes you feel like you have to do everything plus 20 other things, you know, like, I feel like sometimes this like holistic thing is like put like, oh, we're so crazy, but it's really just stepping back and, you know, becoming back to what our ancestors were just, you know, living a very simple life and not overdoing it. Yeah. Cause that's what makes you happy. All this stuff and comparing and more and more and more and doing and all this stuff that that's, that's not a, that's a path to unhappiness. Like the happiness is where you're like, you're pulling back and look, this is like, this takes, it's taken me a while and I'm still completely not, I'm not there, but I'm way better than I used to, where I basically was trying to ignore all my feelings by shopping nonstop every day. So I'm not doing that anymore. Although there was some online uh, Black Friday issues, but um, that was for Christmas. But um, yeah, so it is to kind of know some of your patterns and it'll come up like really hard um, during times of stress. And yeah, I coach my clients too. just take a couple, two little things. And it might be just like, oh, today we're going to take the phone out of the bedroom because are you going down a comparison like thing of looking at other people's social media feeds and feeling just horrible because you're seeing someone else announce, announce that they're, you know, that their baby's being born. So, um, yeah, a lot of this is like self-care and self-awareness too. And I think it will benefit you. Um, when you do have children and it's going to benefit your child, you know, putting in these practices, you know, are going to like, for me, I always say I'm a way better mom than I would have ever been because of my changes. And I can see it now in my four-year-old, my four-year-old, we've taught him to, you know, breathe and like, think about his actions and why he's freaking out like a normal four-year-old would. And, you know, like, I'm just, grateful of putting in that time you know of it's hard it's hard mental work and I can't even imagine doing it when you you know have other things going in on your life like children so I think infertility like you said Devin it's just a really good time to start putting in these practices and epigenetics is just another good why another good why to put in into your arsenal of when you find it super hard and difficult doing these things. Um, even, you know, going through an IUI or an IVF, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be the holistic side of things. I think any part of this journey, you can, you know, get back into your whys and push through with what, you know, you want to accomplish. 
So I think that is us done for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a beautiful week and we'll see you next time. Bye. See ya. A few more things before you go. If you're loving what you're hearing here on the Fertility Connect talk show, please leave us a rating or review. Let us know what you're loving or hey, even a topic that you would like to hear on the talk show. If you would like to connect with any of us here on the Fertility Connection Talk Show, our links are down in the show notes, making it super easy for you to find any of us. We're honestly, truly here to help and support, so please feel free to reach out with any questions. Thank you once again for joining us and have a beautiful week.